0: listening to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, Sarah Ashley, Sean Moriarty, and Roxy Noberry. Hey, you know what guys? We're going to do something a little different. Welcome to Nerds on Film. I'm Brian Moriarty. I'm Sarah Ashley. I'm Roxy Noberry. And I'm Sean Moriarty. And you know what? No soft open because we've got some awesome guests on the podcast. (laughs) Auspicious Day. Auspicious
1: Day. <laughs> um, We're awesome. You know, because it's yeah.
0: because it's October and we we cover horror movies during October. It's just what we do. Gotta on, do it. On the Nerds on Film Family. And it's kind of cool because there's this movie out right now that's it was in theaters, now it's available on iTunes, and it's called Tales of Halloween. And it's being released in theaters across the country currently, and it's it's also available on VOD. And yes. it is also available on iTunes, and uh, it's an anthological horror movie. It's kind of like, uh, if you ever saw the Twilight Zone movie, where it's told in parts, mm-hmm. or even uh, Tales from the Hood. Uh, or no, uh, <laughs> oh. Yes.
1: Way to bring that into the mix,
0: right. wow. Brian. No. <laughs> oh,
2: I love that you jumped straight to that one.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. W- well, you know, 90s kid, what are you going to do, we right? We can't
2: help ourselves. <laughs> exactly.
0: You guys can introduce yourselves, all right? No way. Seriously. Do it.
2: who do we got here today
0: who we got on the show
2: i'm john skip <laughs> and i'm andrew cash
0: john Yay! skip and andrew cash Yay! ladies and gentlemen one of the directors <laughs> of the episodes inside of tales of halloween super excited to have you guys on thank you guys Thanks for making us yeah, yeah of course absolutely um so where do we want to start i i, I kind of want to know where you guys what was your inspiration to become a filmmaker's and what got you directing and what got you on. What that's, that's just me.
3: Yeah. Directing, writing, all of that stuff. I would love to know more
1: about what it was like to make This Means War, which was your awesome piece featured in Tales of Halloween. So I'd love to know all about that process. Okay, so
0: let's go chronological then. Let's start with...
1: And what about Sean? And Sean, Sean but I'm just
4: there. really disappointed that when you guys said your names you didn't say, and together we are wild <laughs> stallions. <out laughs> oh my god,
2: we should have done that. <laughs> <laughs>
5: we fuck that up, yeah. So I want
4: to know Like, what brought you to that decision to not say that?
5: (laughs) It was uh, uh, that ice pick in the forehead. I mean, as a a lobotomy, uh, it it really works.
2: When we've done these kind of introductions before, I feel like such a failure that my brain never clicked into that. Like...
5: Well, if it's any consolation, every other podcast we do from now on, we're totally doing that. Awesome. (laughs) Great.
0: That's great. And then uh, Ed Solomon Uh, will be pursuing. We we got
5: referenced as uh, Tango and Cash today, so I I (laughs) would sort of like for you to call me Tango through the the whole rest of the Okay, so you're Tango, so then Andrew's
2: Cash.
1: Well, you- let me let me ask then Tango, uh, Mr. John Skip. <laughs> I know that you've you've been in the industry for thirty years. I mean, you made you were part of the team that made the Dream Child, which is Nightmare on Elm Street five. Um can you tell us a little bit more about how like you got into it and then how um Andrew came into the mix and how you guys started, if we wanna no- go chronologically.
5: Do you want me to talk about uh, my my cool career, or do you want me to talk about Nightmare on Elm Street 5?
6: (laughs) I mean, yes.
5: All of the the above? I was born in a small log cabin.
0: Uh, (laughs) It was June. With a
5: guy named Freddie, and it was so horrible. Uh, I mean, I... Dr. Seuss started it, okay? Nice. Um, uh, he was the guy that first introduced me to uh, the fact that stories and cool pictures uh, were amazing and made me... Uh, I, I was memorizing his books before I learned how to read them. Nice. And um, I kind of went from there to Edgar Allan Poe uh, to Creepy Magazine. And uh, I was scared to death of, uh, of horror movies. Uh, I... I oh, okay, when I was two and a half years old, I had a fever that was so bad that like rats uh, were crawling down the walls at me and uh, they had to do the Jacob's Ladder thing and throw me in the uh, bathtub full of ice cubes oh, to, my uh, to, to break the fever. And when the rats hit the ice water, they disappeared.
1: Was this and... an exorcism or a, a
5: thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, just, just my childhood. So um, I was scared to death of horror movies And, uh, then at a certain point I got really tired of being scared of them and started aggressively making myself watch them until I realized that I I loved them. Um, but I went into, uh, uh, drawing comics and then I went into music and then I went into writing fiction and, uh, then I chose fiction out of all of those things to run with and, uh. So my first story to Twilight Zone magazine in like 1981 when I was like 23 years old or something. And it didn't occur to me to make movies until uh, our book started getting optioned by Hollywood and I started seeing the way it was going to go. And I was like, fuck, if they're going to make movies out of stuff, maybe I better learn how to do it. And in many ways, Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, was the thing that really underscored it because... As one of the splatter punks, we got called into the splatter punk casting call uh, for uh, for Nightmare Five. They wanted to use one of us new writer guys, so we won the uh, we won the cattle call and uh, wrote the first draft. But meanwhile, uh, one of the other producers uh, had another writer they wanted, so we handed in our script. He handed in his script. They loved our script. They hated his script. So they fired us and hired him to rewrite it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And and then six writers and 13 drafts later, they had the piece of shit they evidently wanted. And (laughs) that's Hollywood. Uh, That's Hollywood. And at that point, uh, I uh, really decided if I'm going to continue to working in the film business, I'm going to have to learn how to make movies. So I never have to go through this shit again.
6: Yeah.
5: (laughs) And and then um, one day, many years later, Uh, I get a phone call uh, asking me if I would come in and talk about Nightmare on Elm Street uh, 5 for this documentary called Never Sleep Again, the Elm Street Legacy. And I said, can I tell the truth? Mm -hmm. And they said, sure, please. And so I came in and met Andrew and the rest of the guys. And uh, we've been working together ever since. Wow. So the the only good thing, in my opinion, that came out of working on Nightmare on Elm Street 5 was meeting Andrew Cash and making movies now.
3: You know what? And that's important.
5: (laughs) That's awesome. Okay, so but what happened everywhere in
0: between, though? Because, I mean, it sounds like that was the big boost that got you kind of in the business and got you able to start directing, right? So where'd you go from there?
5: Oh, no, I I, I spent... I spent... When I dropped out of uh, um, fiction in about, like, 1993, uh, I started putting myself through film school... And attending crash courses at UCLA and uh, in the feature project and all these other things, it was like I I studied for ten years before I met Andrew. Oh wow! Uh, Okay. And then when uh, the time came, uh, uh, we were both kind of primed and ready to do it. But uh, that's just my end, Um, you know. Andrew, please. please, Uh, Yeah. uh, I
2: I was born into a log cabin (laughs) (laughs) next door. (laughs) Next door.
5: We lived in a small, gated, logged
2: community. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, you, you get uh, the callback
0: no, badge actually, for tonight, I'm live just saying. We lived in a saying.
2: gated community, um, but it was a crazy, gated, fundamentalist community in Florida. Oh, um, wow. uh, So I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies or even celebrate Halloween for the first like 10 years of my life. That's unfortunate. Um, wow. Which is uh, obviously what uh, made me the man I am today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh yeah, as soon as I was old enough to inhale this shit, I went <laughs> completely nuts. Yeah. Um, and and look, I was always I was weaned on you know a Star at an early age I, I was only allowed to like watch two movies and that was Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um okay. Well,
3: that's a pretty good foundation. I mean, at least that's you an had excellent those. Excellent
2: foundation. <laughs> um, looking back, it's kind of weird that I wasn't allowed to watch other stuff because Raiders is really intense when you're a five year old. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's
5: more blood in Raiders of the Lost Ark than there is in all of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Yep. Holy cow! <laughs> <Very> <laughs> fact. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ju- just in like the last five minutes in that last Nazi melting scene, there's more blood than in, in yeah. all of
2: Texas Chainsaw oh, together. Oh yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the Nazi melting scene and the spiders in the fucking in, in the in the cave in the beginning of the movie that really fucked up my childhood. Yeah, thing. and plus
0: um, you see a dude get beheaded in like <laughs> the first five but, minutes. But yeah. but as a
2: teenager, I just started inhaling horror, and i I I kind of largely missed the '80s horror boom. So I just I was a late bloomer, and I caught up on a lot of stuff and. And, uh, and I think the first one like, like I saw was alien when I was like 10 and it fucked up my world. And I, uh, and then after seeing aliens, I knew I wanted to make movies.
1: Nice. Uh, Nice. uh, And you guys actually, I had a quick question about, um, the whole splatter punk movement as it uh, was, can you guys talk a little bit about what it was like to be a part of that wave or I don't know, John or Andrew, either of you can really speak on that. What was it really like? Well, Andrew
5: can't speak on it because um, I was in a fundamentalist community. While I oh spoke. yeah, <laughs> sorry
1: like, about where that. Where splatter one.
4: punk means something completely different. Oh yeah, yeah. not
1: that one. <laughs> no, the um, but the, the, the splatterpunk literary
5: movement of the uh, 1980s was basically a spontaneous eruption in the arts where a bunch of different writers came out at about the same time, didn't know each other, um, but were doing kind of troublemaking, uh, fiction, uh, at, at the same time. Basically it was uh Clyde Barker doing the books of blood in England while Joe Lansdale was writing, uh, uh, the night runners and some of his crazy short fiction in Texas. Uh-huh. David J. Scow was writing his crazy Hollywood horror stories uh-huh. and Craig Spector and I were writing, uh, in New York city doing like the light at the end and this sort of stuff. So all of a sudden there were all these intense, uh, uh, young writers who were full of ideas and uh, had no limitations on the sexual or uh, violent or subversive uh, content of their stuff and uh, were trying to blow minds. And a couple of years into this, as it started to catch on, people were like, well, what are they going to, uh, you know, what are they going to call you? And Dave Scott was sitting at a bar at, a, at the World Fantasy Convention as this came up. And he said, ah, I guess they'll probably call us splatterpunks. And 15 minutes later, it was all over the convention. And two weeks later, it was in the Village Voice and Penthouse wow. Magazine and just all over the fucking place. So it was a funny word idea whose time had come. <laughs> but, but it really was just uh, a bunch of writers who, did, uh, like I said, didn't even know each other, weren't aware of it, uh, uh, spontaneously writing uh, this kind of stuff at the same time. And it felt like a movement just because as the old saying goes, it's steam engines come steam engine time. All the parts of the tra- train are laying around, but one, all of a sudden, one day, everybody sees all the parts and says, wait a minute, we could make a train with that, um, <laughs> and, and then it takes off. So that's kind of where that happened. But while we were doing that shit, uh, Andrew was in school, and um, you, you read me when?
2: <laughs> uh, I had read his books probably when I was in high school uh, uh, my buddy Mark uh, knocked on my door one day and uh, and he had two books in his hand, one was The Light at the End and one was The Scream uh, and he said you need to read these books uh, you will probably love them more than any human being, they, uh, they, they were written for you and totally your style and sense of humor and everything uh, you're going to love this shit and I read <laughs> them and of course he was absolutely right. Um, so I, I inhaled all the splatterpunk stuff uh, after that. Uh, I mean, I was living as a like a little pimply, antisocial teenager in Tennessee, um, and uh, never ever thinking that I would actually like know all these writers and be working with them and hanging out uh, with them uh, many years later in Los Angeles. Isn't it? How fun weird
1: when Dreams come true. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's very weird. It's it's very it's very very weird uh, uh, to be out here now and. and, and, and like, the people you know and the, the shit that you get to experience, like, on a day-to-day basis. You kind of, like, have to step outside yourself every now and then and go, like, what the... F- holy fuck, really?
3: This is happening? How'd that happen? <laughs> <laughs> so then what led you um, to making the the documentary, then?
2: Uh, well, I had been out living in L.A. for a couple of years just trying to make my way as a, as a filmmaker uh, or just, like, any industry job. And I couldn't get hired for shit. I was cutting videos for, um, like, wealthy dead Jewish people. <laughs> right uh, on, my type of people. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, they're grieving families would, for some reason, I got roped into that, and so it was just, like, oh. nonstop funeral videos. I was, Jeez. like, I, I was I was getting very depressed and everything, and, and my life changed when I met uh, Dan Ferrens who was a screenwriter of Halloween 6. Um, he was working on a documentary called His Name Was Jason, um, and, uh, a friend, a journalist friend who knew him said, uh, uh they were looking for an editor at the time. And they he said, uh, I was referred to Dan. Uh, so I started, they hired me on that and I was cutting the bonus materials for their second disc. Um, that project went to shit. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of producer blowups and the whole thing got compromised and basically turned out, uh, not unlike nightmare on Elm street five, um, <laughs> and, uh, but, but, but Dan Farrens and I formed a, like a friendship and a partnership out of that. And, uh, immediately afterwards we were hired by Paramount to start editing the like the Friday the 13th bonus features.
6: Okay. Um, nice.
2: and then I got sucked into the whole world of like DVD and Blu-ray bonus material. Uh, nice. where, uh, I was, you know, I did like the Star Treks and and i still do some of that stuff to this day i still cut like stuff for scream factories blu-rays uh, like i did the, i just recently cut the army of darkness documentary for their oh, blu-rays. that's awesome, awesome. Wow. Um, yeah uh, uh but I, I and i've done like so many of those I, I i don't even i i don't even i've probably done 50 or 60 like behind the scenes like little documentaries uh for blu-rays but uh but i got sucked into that world and I was a massive Freddy fanatic uh, and the remake uh, for Elm Street was on the horizon and there was talks by some of the people involved with his name was Jason about doing a Freddy documentary. I had really wanted to see a Freddy documentary, but I didn't want those guys to do it. Uh, (laughs) and, uh, and, And I was just talking to Dan and I was just like, you know, I, look, man, I, I'm a big Freddy fanatic. I would really love to do like a Freddy documentary. And it's like, it's, you know, the, the remakes coming up in like eight months. Like, we got to do something. Like, we've been doing these like documentary behind the scenes things forever. Like, we have all the resources. Why don't we just fucking do it mm-hmm. ourselves? Like, why, let's just get a camera and just start documenting this shit and, and, and trying to make something. And, and so we agreed. We said we started doing it. Um, at the time we had only had Heather Langenkamp committed to it. Oh, um, she's the best. <laughs> he is. Heather is awesome. Uh, and, yeah. and, and, thanks to her, like everybody eventually came on board, but when we announced it and we started filming it, we didn't have anybody but Heather. And, and so we were like, well, I hope we get Wes Craven. I hope we get Robert England, but there was no guarantees. Mm. Um, So the goal was to go out and make, like, a 90-minute documentary that we could release around the time of the remake. (laughs) What a
1: cute little dream! (laughs) 90 uh, minutes expanded, truly. (laughs) Yeah,
2: that little did we know that we would wind up with 105 interviews. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. And and I was, like, like it was literally three months before the remake uh, hit theaters that we started getting into post. Nice. And I was just... I literally, I locked myself in my apartment and I was just cutting for three months straight, up oh. like eighteen to twenty-hour days, not seeing a soul, never leaving, just cutting, 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 one hundred and five, and and I had no idea how long it was going to be. Uh, I was just like oh, no. throwing it together as crate as as fast as I could. Um, <laughs> by the time that it was over, I was like, I I think I had developed like I I, I, I was the Walking Dead basically. <laughs>
5: oh man. man. Uh, he was a skull with hair. Uh, yeah.
2: I would <laughs> sitting at my keyboard just cutting this shit. I, I honestly didn't know if it made any sense at all. Uh uh didn't know if anybody would respond and, and and I finished and we were like, This is a four hours? Who the yeah. fuck is gonna watch four hours of this shit? <laughs> uh, Me Me uh, too <laughs> And we didn't know, but the deadline came and it was like, Alright, it's it's gotta be done. Let's fucking get it out there. <laughs> we had some cheap little distributor in San Francisco that agreed to like press it for us and release it. And, uh, and I was just like, it took me like about three or four weeks to adjust to the normal world after that. Like mm. I, and, and, <laughs> like, like, yeah, it was like rejoining civilization. It was a weird fucking <laughs> thing. And, uh, and, and yeah, like I was, I would literally wake up in the nights, like sweating thinking that I had more to do. Uh, after it was done, it was just like, that's how, the whole thing took its fucking toll. Uh, Yikes, man. And little did, uh, did we know, like the reception, when the reception to that documentary hit, we were like, Holy
1: shit. It's is- well-deserved. It's absolutely oh. well-deserved. Never sleep again. I, I I stuck it out for those three and a half hours, and I don't <laughs> regret any minute of it. I absolutely adored it. I thought it was beautifully done, production quality. I love how you integrated so many years of footage. And the interviews, I mean, they're so clever and fun. And uh, it's, I thought it was a really great tribute to Wes as well. You know, Oh, thank
2: you. Really thank you.
1: ended on a beautiful note there
2: it did it did oh my god yeah. on the, the the note that it ends on in retrospect now mm-hmm. uh it hits me pretty hard yeah. Uh, yeah uh but uh yeah it's it's it was an amazing experience and yeah. and, and just from a fanboy perspective like <laughs> a total trip to be like talking to all these peoples and, and yeah. uh, we would we would go around and unearth people's like uh Cast and crew's uh, uh, Elm Street uh, stuff, like the props <laughs> that they had saved, and spent some time at Robert England's house, and, and yeah, it was just it was just a big, crazy, trippy journey, uh, and totally. uh, and yeah, it, it, I mean it did not want, like that's the thing that put me as a nobody into some sort of like weird, in, at least into niche circles. Like it it gave me some validity. Um, uh, so I, it was like really doing that was the best decision I ever made. And that's where I met Skip, uh, uh, and, and he, out of all the interviews was like one of the people I was most excited to meet because I loved his books. I worshiped his books. (laughs) Um, and, uh, and after that we, there was like a big signing release party and I shot a a game of pool with Skip and was like, dude, I, you, you don't know me from Adam, but I fucking love you. And can we work on something? Uh, and, and then it's just five years later, we're still making movies together. So
3: can, can we be friends please? (laughs) <laughs>
2: it's like it, it's a did you, we just become best friends, okay. guys. It's a, at,
1: it's a at, Hollywood and, romance. At the time, I was just like, "Will you be my friend?" And,
6: uh,
2: it's
5: and I was just like, like stepbrothers. Yeah, let's shoot another game of pool and talk about it. Yeah. Um,
2: so uh, and, and yeah, we just started making crazy little fringy short films and submitting them to festivals and uh, and and yeah, it's been a it's been kind of a fun ride.
3: So then, how uh, did uh, how did the um, Tales from Halloween? How did that hold inception begin and how'd you guys get roped into doing that as well uh, well
2: um la has a massive genre community basically all the horror writers directors actors everybody we we all hang out together you know of, of all generations nice. um and and sort of like uh uh the san fernando valley out here is sort of like ground zero for all that mm-hmm. it's kind of where we all throw parties and screenings and we support each other's movies and have coffee and 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 go to karaoke together and it's just been, it's just this, it's just a big like family extended family love fest
3: of I all these go people there. of
2: various people <laughs> um and uh and it was actually Axel Carolyn's, uh idea uh she said let's do an anthology with the horror community. Nice. Uh, Axel
1: directed one of the pieces too as well I, I believe.
2: Yep, she did. Yeah, yeah, she did Grim Grinning Ghost. That's uh,
1: right. Oh yeah.
2: man. Uh but she, it was it's the conversation really started at a friend's birthday party. It was her, Adam Girash, and myself uh, talking about, oh, well, well, fuck it, let's do something together. Let's <laughs> and uh, uh, and and so we met for coffee the next morning, and then that's when ta- the whole idea of like an a Halloween anthology film like started to gestate, and we started talking about okay, who, what other directors could we bring in, and this and that. Um, and and then when Mike Mendez came on board, he had just done a movie called Big Ass Spider, um, <laughs> which is really fucking entertaining. It's a great uh, movie. Um, nice. Uh, probably the best of the like the Sci Fi Channel type original movies. It was it was um, a
5: Sci Fi Channel movie so good that it didn't go to the Sci Fi Channel. It, it, <laughs> it, it went and had a theatrical run, and then eventually wound up uh, on the Sci Fi Channel. Nice. Uh, it, it, wow. It, oh, it really is. It, it's it's the giant bug movie. That you wish all giant bug movies were. Oh my <laughs> it's, god! It's, yes, it's, it's genuinely entertaining, as opposed to you, you laugh with it, as opposed to laughing at it. Okay, okay. good,
3: good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's
2: important. really really good. It's 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 great. But he but he had done that for a company called Epic Pictures, nice. um, and then uh, you know Neil Marshall and Darren Bowsman, who were you know big heavy hitters, came on board, uh, said that they would do it, and uh, and I think Epic saw the lineup of the filmmakers and to their credit, they were just like, yes, well, you get creative freedom. Just, you know, d- d- the only rules is uh, you can't do found footage and you can't suck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> those those you were know the two what? things they, do they Are those mutually exclusive though? <laughs>
6: yeah,
2: I don't know. I mean, d- 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 depending on what movie you're watching. <laughs> uh, true,
4: true. Uh, but I mean, in general, most of them.
2: Yeah, most of them, most of them
6: do. I I,
5: I honestly can't tell you because I I don't watch them. uh, (laughs) I've made my life a lot easier for myself by going, do I want to watch that? No. Okay.
2: Yeah. Good call. Good call, John. I I save
5: a lot of time that way. (laughs) Uh,
2: uh, So, yeah, that's that's how the whole thing started. And it was just kind of like, okay, uh, you get almost next to no money and you only have two days to shoot it but you can, you, you, you have final cut, you can got creative control. We're not going to fuck with you, uh, too badly. So, uh, (laughs) uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, and, and we, it was all developed together in unison. Like we didn't want to just like, okay, everybody you know, split, Uh, (laughs) go make your movie. So, uh, we like, uh, there was a lot of, uh, talk about keeping it like sort of a shared universe thing and yeah. having them cross-pollinate like Pulp Fiction style. Right, I mean, there's um, over
1: 70 cast members featured, and I could tell that there was a bunch of times where there was double casting. Yeah, they and, and would and overlap.
3: Like those yeah, yeah, a,
2: a lot of reoccurring faces yeah. kind of yeah. come in and out of the various segments, and that's sort of the thing that unites everything. Right, and,
5: and right. Art is really interesting because it falls right around in the middle, uh-huh. and it almost feels like Grand Central Station where uh, all these characters are either on their way to their adventure or on their way home from the one they just had uh, (laughs) when they all stopped in for our crowd scene, for our big mob crowd scene. Nice. Um, And, uh, yeah, it was really, really interesting uh, to, well, just to see who showed up. Oh, um cool. and then you know we we didn't know how big a crowd we were gonna have, and then we have this monster fucking crowd. We have like 60, <laughs> 70 people, and uh that was so much fun. Yeah, and there's
2: there's a lot of familiar faces in there too. I mean, we've got like there's Caroline Williams who started Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. Mm-hmm. And, and stretch. Uh, yeah, she was stretch, and uh Felisa Rose from who started in Sleepaway Camp and uh
5: Ricky Grove from Army of Darkness. Yeah, nice. yeah. Just a lot of
2: like vi- the whole the whole crowd was populated with either like, you know, v- cool veteran actors or scream queens or like writers and directors from mm-hmm. various other horror movies. Yeah. And so that in, in that way, it was like across the board, it was like a big community labor of love like this. This movie to uh, like to all of us out here is the L.A. horror community because it, like, everybody is either behind the camera or in front of the camera on this wow. thing.
6: Wow. That's
5: fantastic. Or down the street from the camera having a drink. Yeah. yeah
0: that's <laughs> awesome.
3: So where did, where did you guys get the idea for This Means War? Where, where was the inception on that? Because I mean, the whole neighborhood battle for the best Halloween decorations, that was <laughs> <Right>? my neighborhood. <laughs> That was my family against the neighbors.
6: Yep. <laughs> <That's> <laughs>
4: Tale
1: awesome. as old as time. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Except oh, I'm I... pretty sure Sarah's dad didn't impale himself <laughs> no, while tackling yeah. the guy. No, he, the... he
3: didn't, but my dad... <laughs> Oh, spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> <See the> movie. <laughs> but my dad did have the best gory makeup on the on the block, so nice. I'm I'm pretty proud of that one. <laughs> so yeah, where'd the idea come from?
2: Um, well, I, I've always been obsessed with, like, yard haunts and home <laughs> haunters and Halloween attractions. Like, to me, that's Halloween. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, uh, so that's instantly when this thing started happening. That's where my brain went. Uh, Skip and I originally devised our first pitch... It was set inside a hell house, which is those like Christian fundamentalist. Oh parks, yeah, you know, <laughs>
6: <laughs>
3: yeah, the ones where it's like I the dangers of abortion. Yeah, like they've got
2: to set people, like like here's the abor- the woman getting the abortion. Oops, she died. Now she's going to hell. Oh yeah. my
3: god! Yeah, they How come don't know about this? <laughs> I am oh, shocked. Brian. This is like red Brian, state Brian, you never but seen real. one of these things? Oh, the fuck <laughs> they actually
4: have they actually have hippy like super left wing versions of these too. They oh, did one at where I went to school at Humboldt State University. And it was like a horror house, but it was about like domestic violence in the dorms and racial <gasps> intolerance and stuff.
1: <laughs> wow! Yeah, go to that,
2: one. that sounds amazing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. So
1: hell houses, huh? Yeah.
2: It's it, there was a, there was a documentary that, that that kind of put the hell house thing in the spotlight. Oh. Um, uh, because it is like you go into these things, and it's just like it's funny. Like that, you could send a bunch of hardcore horror fans into these Christian church hell houses, and and they'll be like. What the fuck is wrong with you people? They're <laughs> <laughs> like, why'd did, why did you, you really give me the... have to show a school shooting? Like, oh, you Jesus. Know, like that's, that's the kind of thing that they do to to try and scare people right. into converting. Right. Um, wow. Uh, uh, and our, our take uh, uh, was that the devil had taken over the hell house and was whacking the, the converted faithful. people, whacking yes. the faithful oh, at my
6: the end of it. Jesus. Um,
5: <laughs> it was called Pie in the Sky. And it's a really nice story that we want to do someday. But for some reason, uh uh the production found this idea alarming
6: so, uh, <laughs> yeah. so I think
2: a lot of it had to do with the fact too that it was that that uh uh they wanted to keep this like a very strong Halloween vibe, and this is something that necessarily doesn't you know everybody is heard of, so it might have right. been a little too niche for uh-huh. this hmm. um maybe but 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 at the end of the day so so we were like, okay, they're not going for this. What do we do uh and that's when the idea of dueling, uh, uh, Halloween, uh, displays came up and it's, it's a big thing out here in the Valley, uh, in LA. I mean, there's a, uh, there's Burbank, which is a quiet, sleepy suburban community. So, sort of full of like all the working class film people and they go all out on their lawns every year. I mean, like the 90 year old grandmothers will be putting like crazy shit out on their lawns. Uh, cause that's kind of what's expected of the town um and she's
5: been doing it since she was 30.
6: yeah (laughs) (laughs) i love
5: frankenstein i love that guy (laughs) so so once andrew came up with that idea and pitched it and the producers were all like oh that's great then my job was to figure out okay well who are these guys so i went home and went (sighs) Okay, let me think for a second.
1: Uh, <laughs> Sean, and, it's just like you.
5: Yes. Does that mean
3: I can smoke weed now?
0: Fire
5: <laughs> up.
3: So, I mean, um, you're in Colorado, Sean. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> it's so, legal where you're at.
5: I, I'm legal. I'm legal.
3: There I you swear. go. Go so, for it. <laughs> um, so
5: I, I just basically went, okay, so who are these characters? Oh, wait a minute. And kind of flashback on my whole long history of, of being a splatterpunk punk and being welcomed by guys in nice suit jackets with patches on their elbows um, who uh, liked um, Val Luton and Shirley Jackson and thought that we were the antichrist. <laughs> um, and uh, just that whole horror culture war loud versus uh, quiet. Uh, uh, uh no. Yeah. 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 Loud versus quiet soft versus uh, hardcore uh, was a, a thing that, you know, I, I was very familiar with and that is still a, you know, a, a rift in the horror community in a psychic rift in the horror community to this day and it was like okay Boris and Dante and uh, uh, Boris is old school and Dante is like you know uh, uh the the rob zombie hardcore guy mm-hmm. and um and the whole thing just really uh, flew together from there and uh yeah we 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 had our we had our hook and then it was just a matter of uh of honing it down uh, I got to. I got to be honest. In in the first eight hundred and seventy drafts that I wrote, um, <laughs> oh man, um, there were there was a lot more biting dialogue between those two guys. Uh-huh. But uh, huh. for time reasons and for d- just basically the way that it wound up going is that we essentially whittled it down to a minute and a half of argument and the rest of it plays almost like a silent movie. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. That was great. The physical comedy of all of that was just so fantastically done. I mean, it choreographed so well, so you don't need any dialogue for that.
4: I also wanted to say, uh, the editing in the very beginning of that is, and the whole thing was amazing. As an editor, I was like, oh, every beat is so perfect with every shot. As the, the very beginning, and then when they're setting up everything, it's so good.
2: Oh, thank you so much. I well, I'm an, I, I make my living as an editor, so
6: nice
2: uh, 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 for various TV shows. So yeah, it's uh, uh, thank you so much for saying that. And, and hey, well, I,
5: make, I make my living by pacing around behind him, going, oh, <laughs> "Can we shave like a frame off of that shot?" Uh, <laughs> oh, no, it, it's really, it's really, really super fun, and yeah, Andrew knows his shit. So yeah, Thanks. basically, he's he's the he, at that point in post. He's the hands on the control, and I'm the guy pacing back and forth, going, "Hey, what about this? Hey, what about this?" <laughs>
4: um, that sounds like what when, when Brian and I were really young and we're making movies. I would edit them, and Brian would stand behind me and be like, "Uh, you should," and I almost beat him to death. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But, you know, because brothers.
2: I know that feeling so yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. uh, Andrew, it's I'm curious. When you're working at a computer, whether you're like a screenwriter or an editor or something, and then you can feel like somebody's hot breath on the back of the
5: Just, no, back away.
0: Yeah, Andrew.
5: That's why I keep my mouth filled with ice cubes whenever. That's
0: funny. I'm curious, Andrew Are you and Jonathan, are you guys allowed to name drop the shows that you work on? Or are you under NDA? Can you not say?
2: Oh, no, I can can totally say it.
0: Brian's assuming that they're
4: secret agents as well as filmmakers. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I I mean, I don't know. Or are
1: we? Oh. (laughs) Well, we don't want to transition too fast because I'm loving what you guys are talking about as far as, you know, making this means war goes. Um, But what's it been like for y'all to just be able to go from this project to the next? I mean, do you want to keep doing stuff like this?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's look getting anything getting to do anything is really hard. Getting to make a movie is a very long difficult process just mm-hmm. to even, you know, get get it before a camera. So, Skip and I are always like out there, you know, developing things, pitching things, trying our best to find whatever money or resources we have to make something and if and if uh, a long time passes as it tends to happen when mm-hmm. you're developing stuff, Uh, we'll pull our own money and make a short film just because we need to make something. We need to have it out there. Uh, And, and tales of Halloween was honestly the first time that anybody has given us money to do anything. I mean, we're, (laughs) we're, we're, we've always, we've both been of the underground do it yourself filmmaker variety. And we would just, where we would pull together what measly money we had. I mean, even never sleep again was all like kind of like self financed with, like, Dan Farren's, like, putting his own money into it, and it, did, it barely cost anything. Wow. Uh, uh, and it's, so, yeah, nobody, this was the first time that anyone said, even though it was a minimal amount of money, just, like, here, here's, here's some money, and here's, like, stuntmen and steady cams and, and, uh, like, a full crew, and to us, that was, like, a whole new world, like, oh, my God, that we've been, yeah. we've been doing this, like, just so low rent for so long, you know, just ca- calling in favors and and you know, doing whatever we could to get you know, shooting on skates for dollies and stuff like wow. that. The, uh, and this wasn't too far off from that. No. Um. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but uh. But uh, we had great glass,
5: man. They gave us really good cameras with really good lenses, yeah. and uh, we uh, our our director of photography, d- director of photography, Jen Michael Lasada, was just fucking aces, and uh, and our Steadicam operator was insanely great. And yeah, we just had such a well-oiled machine. And the thing is, Andrew and I uh, plan everything like within an inch of its life uh, <laughs> and uh, and really, really go in and, and break it down so that uh, we know what we're gonna do and our crew can understand it too. And then in a situation like with This Means War where uh, we had some real technical difficulties, we were able to improv around our missing previs and uh and still nail it and our crew was still there we moved really really fast
2: we, we moved fast and, and and you have to because i mean even though we had more toys to play with the, the schedule was still a micro budget schedule brutal. Like, to, to brutal two days uh and that was the tricky thing was that you know uh, we had to build up two houses and fully decorate two houses and lawns and we had to start on day one of shooting with empty lawns because that's how the story started
6: mm. um
2: And uh, and then and and just just like to put things in perspective, these kind of lawns, you know, the the home haunters out here, they spend all year planning and and all month building this shit up. And we had to get it up like almost instantly. Um, And then as and and then, of course, all hell broke loose in our schedule because uh, the morning that we were going to shoot, there was a giant fire in downtown L.A. that swept through and burned down like. like several blocks of downtown, uh, shut down all the interstates and our crew, uh, our art department crew was down in downtown
6: uh, who had
2: all the props. They were the guys who were building everything. Um, And, and, and the night before a lot of the key guys had to bolt from the production because of various family emergencies.
5: There was one death in a family and another heart attack. So we lost uh, our, our, our key carpenter and our key painter. And so, yeah it, it was really 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 tough but uh, our production designer uh, anthony pierce and uh and art director uh, kyle hester um they uh managed to pull it together we, we we were pulling in like everybody i knew who was a carpenter one of my one of my roommates uh um housemates uh, he came out and helped build like the cross that the uh that the naked, dead, uh, impaled woman is uh, hanging on in in, uh, <laughs> in uh, Dante's yard, and oh, yeah, it, it, it was desperate shit. But all of the, the the important thing was is that all of the gags worked. The coffin gag worked. The the uh, e gag worked. All of that stuff uh, totally played, and um, I, I feel like they did a miraculous job.
4: They
2: they 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 definitely saved the day at the end. I mean, the the the, the downside to that was that. All this shit had a domino effect on our schedule and everything that like almost like over half the shots and things that and gags and things that Skip and I had planned to do were it was like a domino effect. Like it totally fucked our schedule. And and so we had to like throw all that shit out and basically improvise the majority of the film. Uh, and uh,
5: I, I would I would say that's overstating it slightly. I would say that basically what we had to do, we had to improvise several sections. <laughs> uh, um, particularly at the beginning, but mostly what we had to do was go. Okay, we only have time for this gag, and it, it kept winnowing down to the major gags. Uh, but a, a lot of little stuff, a, a lot of a lot of little gags in the fight scene just had to go. Yeah, it just had to streamline down.
2: We we yeah. Every, everything kind of got pared down to the to the basics. Which at the end of the day, when you're one of ten shorts in a, an anthology, that and you want to keep an, that anthology like at a brisk ninety minutes. Is usually for the best. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So, uh, so you know, a lot of it, a lot of it was happy accidents. Others were like things we had to cut. As as anybody who makes a movie, you know, there were certain gags and things and extended fight moments where we were like, oh fuck, we got to lose that, but we have to. You you have to. uh, At at no point were the two displays built. The the idea was for them to be built on the second night, uh, fully built but at no point where the display's like ever really finished, like the, the construction guys were working on it as we were shooting and every shot, there's like some dude hammering outside of frame, trying, desperately trying to get this other section up. Like a total like think on your feet kind of shoot for us, yep. uh, which coming from like the underground indie do it yourself background, I think we were able to adapt to. Uh uh so it's yeah it
5: it, it felt like uh, it, it felt like regular life only like hyper accelerated
2: yeah sort of like um
5: uh, a normal filmmaking experience for us only uh, uh wildly amplified
3: <laughs> super cool That's insane. So I have to ask, you know, of of the other films in the in the anthology, do mm-hmm. you guys have any particular favorites or anything that really stands out to you that you Oh, really... we
1: can't tell you
6: that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I loved uh, This Means War though I mean just out of them out of all of them I just enjoyed it so much and even I mean all of them let's be honest like all ten of these pieces are so entertaining in the sense of like they've got the humor they've got the scares they've got the blood and guts and the great cameos oh my god when I saw Lin Shay in one of those shorts I'm not gonna say which one like I freaked out she's great um, and just having all the, those great moments This Means War definitely I think encapsulated a lot of what the the, of uh, Tales of Halloween really meant to do. And would you guys agree with that?
2: Uh, we we're, we hope so. I mean, <laughs> we, we've got goggles on to this whole thing. Nice. Uh, all we can do is send it out into the world and hope people enjoy it. I mean, the interesting thing that we've been reading, we've been reading reviews like nonstop and sometimes our segment gets blasted and sometimes oh. somebody's favorite. Uh, and we've been seeing that across the board with with all the reviews. There's no consistency to what people like or dislike and that's the best thing that you could ask for when making an anthology because it, d- it doesn't mean that oh well this one obviously screwed the pooch it's more like no it's this uh we they're all we, good yeah they're mm-hmm. all good we ran the gamut and something's gonna speak to somebody more than another and everyone's gonna take something different away and that kind of hopefully testifies to like the diversity of the film is that 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 you could put ten people in a room, and each person will tell you which one was their favorites or least I, favorites. You and, know, and, it, and
5: they will never be the same. I, I, I think I like to call it a uh, a Rorschach candy sampler.
2: Um, <laughs> nice, but, very psychological. I can dig it. <laughs> I mean, we, we were shocked as 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 everybody when I when when the whole film came out like really entertaining from beginning to end. I personally, I don't think there's a dud in the bunch. Um, and, and when you have, I, look, I've watched a lot of anthologies with bigger budgets and far less filmmakers that did not succeed. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, I think at the end of the day that, that we all came out with a brisk 90 minute thing that moves fast and you're never checking your watch. Like, I think, I think we were all shocked at that. That that was my
5: biggest fear was that the, that people were, it was going to, suffer from audience fatigue, that it would just be too much. And after a while, you're like, yeah, this is fun, but let's go do something else because I'm tired. And and I really feel like the movie just takes off and never stops. And at the end, you're like, wow, that was cool. Uh, it, what was the most amazing thing is seeing it with crowds and and watching people like not only get off during the film, but walk out of the theater smiling. Nice to yeah. me that you know that that's like a a psychic standing ovation. Uh, <laughs> just watching because when you walk out of a theater smiling, uh, that means that you didn't just like sit through a thing and uh, you didn't you didn't have to slog through it. you you actually really enjoyed yourself.
3: yeah and um
5: yeah. and and you look at them and you go, oh, they're not faking that shit they're really happy
2: yeah yeah it's interesting after you, you you go to enough of like these screenings in los angeles and you can tell when everybody's just bullshitting you when they're kind of like smiling through their teeth they're like yeah mm. that was really good you're,
3: uh, like, you're like well the uh, editing uh, was great yeah. <laughs>
2: those
1: opening credits were fantastic yeah. <laughs> Make me happy yeah, well, you guys just had opening night um on the sixteenth, right? So that was that was when uh, the film got major release. And so, what was the like opening night party like? Or like, did you guys get a chance to go to like the like the first screening? I think was back in January, right, at the Fangoria convention. Is that correct? Or
2: first screening was at Fantasia. Fantasia, excuse me. Bye. um, uh, that was the first time it was shown before an audience. Um, mm-hmm. and it and it's hit. Uh, several film festivals and uh, over the course of the summer, nice. uh, most of us didn't get to attend. Uh, but, the, but, but from what we were hearing, the audience was always really responsive to it. Everyone was cheering and clapping in all the right places. And, and, and mm-hmm. uh, last Tuesday was the only, was like the big LA, LA premiere, premiere at Scream Fest, and nice. it was like it was basically the LA horror community in a room, and like, all right, we're gonna do this. <laughs> and, Big-ass theater at the Chinese. Yeah.
5: <gasps> cool.
0: Yeah. Awesome. It was yeah, really, that's great. There were
5: hundreds and hundreds of people there. And uh, <laughs> the most insane red carpet I think I've seen. Because, uh, yeah, there were like 10 movies worth of people uh, packing into that thing. Uh, wow. uh, and that's just the cast and crew. Uh, <laughs> and then... Yeah, just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, and filled that fucking theater, and everybody was walking out happy.
1: Nice, that's was, fantastic.
5: That that was the party. I mean, that it, it was just such a such a warm glow of an experience, um, very much like my my head was when we were talking earlier.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
1: It, it's- <laughs> nice, very it, yeah. heavenly.
2: <laughs> yeah, make, make, I mean, making a movie is a very turbulent, chaotic process, mm. uh, and and it's sort of like having it's like having a baby. you were like, I'm never gonna fucking do this again. What was <laughs> I thinking? <laughs> and then when it's all over, you totally forget about that and go, When can I do the next one? <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, yep. uh, yeah, it's it's uh, that that kind of experience, which doesn't happen often, uh, at the, the like after the premiere, is the kind of moments that like really drive you and like okay everything was worth it um uh because at the end of the day we just want to make people happy um Mm. yep
0: yeah (laughs) well so that begs the question since you were saying you know it you forget how awesome it is once you've seen your movie connect with an audience so then what is next for you guys what is the next step for you two
5: well we've got um actually we shot a short just before uh this means war um, that we thought was going to be part of, a, of our own anthology film, and then uh, very quickly realized that it had to be its own show. Uh, is called Clown Town. And um, the episode that we shot, the, the pilot episode, is called Bombo and Flopsy in An Honest Mistake. And. <laughs> Basically, it's about a couple of unemployed, alcoholic uh, circus clowns who, who fight monsters.
6: Oh, my God. <laughs> what? So
5: it, it's it's basically like... Oh, um, my God. Um, Kolchak the Night Stalker meets It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes! Oh, my <laughs> God. And, um, yeah, this, this is an idea that... Okay, nine years ago, I was working at a, a closed captioning for the hearing-impaired place, and... Um, one of my first gigs there was this really shitty evil clown movie, and uh, it was just like shitty and tacky and 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 had no soul. It was just an ugly little film with a ugly clown uh, getting killed by ugly teenagers, and then he comes back and kills them, and I'm like, "God, I hate this fucking movie. i I'm so sick of evil clowns i, I want I, I want the clowns to be the good guys for a change and I, and I got this vision of a clown. Driving a stake through a, a vampire's heart, you know, like blood flying through the air, uh, but he's using a clown hammer so <laughs> It's the stake. It's like <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Dude so, so I I called up, uh, cody goodfellow who's a, a brilliant collaborator, uh, who I've often worked with and uh And said I got this idea. We need to talk So I went over to his house. We got in his hot tub because we're in california um And smoked a shitload of weed, and about three hours later got out with an entire feature film uh, uh, plotted out, and uh, wrote it, and then nothing happened. So uh, seven and a half years later, we're getting ready to do this anthology thing, and Cody goes, What if we bring out Bombo and Flopsy, who are our two main clowns? And uh, he went away, and a week later came back with the script for An Honest Mistake, and it was so good. Uh, that we just went okay. This is what we're shooting, and then when we were two days into shooting it, we're like, okay, fuck the anthology. Let's just go full on Bombo and Flossie. Let's go full on Clown Town.
2: and uh, that's what we're doing. It's it's essentially like a uh, done in the style of like the Three Stooges two reelers, um, and and we're we, we're kind of eyeing it as like an Adult Swim type series. <laughs> uh, and, nice, and it's yeah. The, we got we just scored. The, the big thing was our cast. We scored a, an amazing cast who like brought all these characters to life. Tom Holland, who's like the director of Fright Night and nice. uh, and uh, Child's Play and and various other things, he plays like a, a drunken like Mr. Miyagi type clown. <laughs> The clown
5: with no name
2: and, oh my God <laughs> yeah, it's it's we, we've been we've been kind of pitching it around town right now and we've it's we've yep. been showing it at a couple of various like little film festivals and the response has been like through the roof. so awesome. we we're we're, we're we're hoping we somebody around town sees the potential of this thing and we can spend the next few years doing a show like this because it would be the most fun thing in the world. That but that we
5: also have Se as Roach from the people under the stairs or uh, from a million other things. And, uh, yeah, he plays the hapless, uh, sidekick of Bombo and Flopsy who desperately wants to be a clown. And then for Bombo and Flopsy, we have a couple of actors. Graham Denman plays Bombo and, uh, uh, he's an angry little spark plug of a, of a man. And then, uh, uh, Tim Crow plays Flopsy who is his giant silent accomplice. And, uh, and these two guys are so fucking funny. They are so <laughs> perfect. And they they stopped being Graham and and Tim and entirely became Bombo and Flopsy. I mean, they they just- <laughs> <laughs> Love so it. so
2: beautiful. I, I can't wait to show you. Our, our producer is actually the biggest clurrophobe in the planet. He's he's terrified of clowns uh, more than anything. So <laughs> he was he he begrudgingly produced it for us, but he was kind of like in the back like, you know, in his car, just tr- doing whatever he could to, like, stay away from the clowns on set. And so we would, we would trick him and, like, you know, take take the clowns and, like, put them around the corner and, like, Buzz, come here, man. Uh, I just, I, I, I have some very serious budget stuff I want to talk to you about. Uh, and then he'd come around the corner, and the clowns would all jump out uh, oh my and gosh, freak shit. out and run away. Uh, oh
3: so my god! Be I, like, I, I, so I've, I've never images.
5: seen Buzz stare at his shoes so much in my life. His <laughs> his gaze was straight at the floor almost the entire
2: time we were there. But but we knew it was working. We we knew our clown gags were working because he would just take one look and just, like even at the dailies and go, oh, I, I can't. I can't, I
1: can't. <laughs> That'd be like if we made Brian produce a thing like a film about Xenomorphs. Yeah. No, absolutely.
3: Yeah, if he had to, yeah. if he had to produce a, a one of the Alien movies, that would that would be like that for Brian. No,
0: I will say if there were clowns fighting xenomorphs and they were hitting, <laughs> them would be cool with it. With giant hammers, going <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: like that would be amazing.
6: They pick up for everything. Yeah,
0: um, if they could completely outdo their evil with just clownery, like that would be that would be. Fantastic!
5: You were discussing the soul of our show right there with, with that. And I swear <laughs> to God, if, if if it gets picked up, we will kill the fuck out of a xenomorph just for you, oh, oh dude.
0: <laughs> okay, so I have to I have to say when you said clown town and you talked about this, you warmed my heart because Aww. at one point I fancied myself a filmmaker and I might go back to it at some point. But the first film I ever made was about a bunch of clowns,
6: who Yay. Uh,
0: uh, and it was actually it's it's they are the the, the bad guys. It but was it's, so great, but I it's just it. it's it's a comedy. So it's it's literally just called Mugger Clowns, and it's about this guy who gets chased by a whole horde of clowns, and they just turn him into a clown. Like that's all that's that's all there is to it. <laughs> and it's
1: black and white, and it's set to classical music. Yeah, well, it's set to, like, oh,
0: to like the yeah. French cut. Yeah, but version. the French cut is in, infinitely a better version of it. Um, Sean actually was the editor, and he was also the big uh, evil clown leader in that in that movie. <laughs> Um, I'll send you guys the link to it when we're I done, was but... so
4: hungover during the shoot of that. <laughs> I don't remember barely anything.
0: <laughs> so like you have no Wait, way. how old was, I? <laughs> I, was like, I? I will say for sure that if Clown Town comes to life for sure and happens and becomes a big thing, you will, there was at least 12 people who will be <laughs> watching that every single episode because oh, yeah. of the people who were involved with our project.
6: Hell yeah. I
3: man. mean, I don't even like clowns, but that sounds amazing. <laughs> I want to watch that.
2: Seriously.
1: (laughs) I am so down.
2: Oh, God. And when we show it at film festivals, the first thing the audience asks afterwards is, like, when's there going to be more of this? (laughs) 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 So we're hoping like hell that – I, I, I tell everybody if we have to start a Kickstarter campaign and, oh, then just, please. And, and 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 do make this like a little web show, we will. Um, one way or another, one way or another' it, it, it's just too, it's just too much fun. It's just too cool.
5: We nice. have to do it. So so, so we're doing that and then we've got uh, a bunch of features that we're uh, that we've been developing and uh, hopefully, um we will get to make some of those soon we yeah we just need to make more movies because it's the most fun thing yeah, yeah I think exactly.
2: I think ideally that's what skip and I would do for a living I mean it gets a little tricky because skips writing and then I'm cutting on various shows and, uh, and you're working uh, on the flash right now right uh I I was. I just left The Flash for a new show called Legends of Tomorrow. Nice, um, which is like the big DC superhero team up show. It's like a spinoff of The Flash. Great, uh, and that'll be airing in January. But I'm, I'm, oh. I'm. I yeah, I got bumped up to go off and do that show. That is um, awesome. Which is super fun too. Congratulations. Um, but Great. but but yeah, it's like and the hard thing too is like you know we've got families we've got you know our our our, uh, our professional jobs and like carving out the time can sometimes be a little bit tricky but sure uh come hell or high water we're gonna do it damn it that's
3: yeah. great so just to kind of start wrapping things up here i want to ask you guys since you're so wrapped up in in this sort of niche genre mm-hmm. um what's the best horror movie you've seen in like the past couple of years that you just think everybody should should watch
5: There have been a couple over the past uh, year, year and a half that I've been very, very excited about. Um, Loved It Follows. Yeah. yeah. Loved The Babadook. (gasps) Oh, yes. So
1: good, yeah.
5: And Andrew hasn't had a chance to see it yet, but I am a huge fan of... a Girl Walks Home Alone at Night.
1: Oh, right. Oh, I haven't yeah. seen that. That's on Netflix right now, I Is it? Yeah. Okay. yeah
5: it, it, uh, I was really, really, really blown away by that one. Nice. Uh, I, I loved uh, the Australian prom nightmare movie, The Loved Ones. I <laughs> uh, thought that was nice. astonishing. Uh, big fan of Cheap Thrills. Oh. Uh, well, directed by E.L. Katz, written by Trent Haga. Cheap thrills. Uh, that
1: has Ethan Embry in it, isn't
5: it? Yes, it does. P- uh, nice. Pat Healy and, and Ethan Embry. And, wow. Uh, oh, um, yeah. And it's just phenomenal. Um, Great. Uh, what else? What else we got?
2: Oh, my God. Uh, let the Right One In Hallie. was a movie oh, yeah. that, yes. I, that, that absolutely blew my socks off. Nice. Um, man, yeah. Did you
1: guys ever see uh, Starry Eyes with, with Alex Esso?
2: Starry Eyes was very Star- good Starry Eyes that yeah. was a hell of a performance by her I
1: know I loved seeing her in this anthology by the way it was really cool, kind of a cool throwback because she is she's a pretty damn good horror actress <laughs> oh yeah
2: oh
5: yeah I, I think uh, there's going to be a lot more of her that we will be seeing and I can't wait to do it she's also just so nice I got to meet her a couple weeks ago and just loved her right
2: on uh, there's, there's a great movie that's just now hitting on demand called uh, from from New Zealand called Deathgasm um I <laughs> <and, laughs> That's about a uh, like a garage heavy metal, death metal band in New Zealand that accidentally summons the apocalypse uh, oh. uh, and turns their whole town into demons. Nice. Um, oh, I uh,
3: need to see this. <laughs>
2: it is a blast. It is so much fun. That's awesome. I would death. say basically
5: anything that ends with, low, uh, with gasm yeah. is probably
2: good. Yeah. Or
5: zombievers.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I
5: zombievers love... sounds good. So... Um, I don't know if you guys know, I, I have a... a I am a publisher as well as a, a writer, nice. and that my publishing imprint is called Fungasm Press.
3: Nice. <laughs> and
5: I, I specialize in uh, in weird, fucked up, amazing books that uh, would probably have a hard time selling anywhere else, but that's why I want them. Awesome. Uh, what, one of my uh, authors is a woman named Violet Lavoie, and her two short story collections with Fungasm are called I Am Genghis Cum. <laughs> And I'll Fuck Anything That Moves and Stephen Hawking. <laughs> <laughs>
6: oh, my God. oh, my God. The, the central
5: pre- premise of, of I'll Fuck Anything That Moves and Stephen Hawking, that, the short story, is uh, a suicidal man in the future who wants to have sex with a black hole in, other to, in order to non-exist. Um, and, yeah, <laughs> I mean, just a, a brilliant, brilliant what fucking fuck? writer and one, one of several that we have. <laughs>
6: Oh, my so, God. Yeah, so, yeah, so that, Sean. That, that, that's
5: what I do while he's editing uh, is is I'm editing the other kind of stuff.
3: So, oh, Sean, yeah. I'm sure you're, like, ordering that book, like, right now, right?
5: <laughs> it's
4: already... Uh, it's coming. It. <laughs> it's up on
5: Amazon, man.
3: You can find all the
5: fungasms there. Because
4: the only reason I really want to read those short stories is because those are also
0: titles for journal entries that I have. <laughs> <laughs> I, I it, it warms my heart that they're industry professionals who are just as fucked up as we are. Yay! <laughs> yeah. wow. That's oh my fantastic.
3: God. Guys, well, this is so awesome. This is awesome. And we're at an hour, so... Yeah,
0: we actually got to ra- start wrapping up. But, okay. gentlemen, it was an absolute joy listening to you guys riff and talk about your careers and share with us like what brought you to and it's just we love the passion that you guys have and that you are that you continue moving forward like that is so i think that's so important to being artists in this
2: industry and
3: especially with with diy filmmaking you know that's we totally appreciate that definitely
2: thank you so much. Thanks. Per- yeah. Persistence is everything, you know? Yeah. It's like, um, if, if, if you can't get permission, then fuck it. Uh, you know, do whatever uh, you yeah. can. So, Yo, uh,
5: I think Bill Cosby quoted that.
1: Uh, <laughs> there he company. is!
5: Oh, that reminds me. Um, my new book is called The Art of Horrible People, and um, and it's a short story collection that just nice. came out from Lazy Fascist Press, and uh, in it, I do a uh, uh, an afterword where I talk about, I think it's called A Thousand Reasons to Love the Fuck Out of Art Even If You Hate the People Who Make It. And um, and I took a, a big shit on Bill Cosby's head just because some, cause he, yeah, because uh, fuck Bill Cosby.
1: Because fuck that guy, right? <laughs> Good on you, John.
6: <laughs> there you
5: go. well Just saying. Guys, exactly. uh, Tales of Halloween
0: is in theaters now. You can certainly look for it in your at your local uh, cinemas, but if it's not... Don't fret, guys, because you go to iTunes and you can buy or rent it. Yeah, uh, it's on today. iTunes,
3: it's on Amazon, anywhere you get VOD. Yeah, and you yeah. go
1: to the the film's website as well, and it's right on there. Through So you yeah. can rent it for 24 hours or purchase it. Um, there's a Ooh. lot of ways to access this film.
5: It's on Xbox, it's on PlayStation. Vimeo. It, it's on yeah. um, uh, Time Warner and Comcast and uh, DirecTV and, uh, and all those things. It, it, pretty much, you can't shake a stick at anything that broadcasts or streams and not find
2: fucking tales of Halloween around there somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> if you've got an internet connection, it's it's right at your fingertips. Just please don't torrent it. Yeah, <laughs> please don't,
0: because these guys worked their asses off to get it made. Yeah, yep. indeed, yep. and please hang out with us still, because we got feedback to get to, and you can comment on it too. But um, you guys are always welcome back. On this podcast, hey, oh my, dude,
2: this was so much fun. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah, so come back and come back just to shoot the shit. Like I mean, we don't even care if you're fucking working on a project. Just like
1: email <laughs> to say, hey, we want to be on the show, or give us some of your time because you guys are in the business, and right. I mean you're practically legends at this point. So I'm really like stoked to be able to pick your guys' brains. Right? Like, I mean, this like shameless so cool. plug.
0: I'm a professional actor, so like you know if you're looking for somebody to, oh Brian, if oh, if Brian. If, Brian. if you want to film a <laughs> if you want to film a death. <laughs> <laughs> come i'm just <laughs> saying i'm your guy
6: <laughs> oh boy <laughs> ryan, fact, ryan, awesome. ryan
4: why why are your headshots showing up in the instant messages on <laughs> skype
6: <laughs> in fact you if gotta you, stop you know, if there, you, <laughs>
2: literally there, there there are some people in and that you meet at like la parties that like I think they have like uh, their business cards in their palms at all times. Oh, so like God. when they meet you for a handshake, you'll come away with a business card. It's like scene the... in American Psycho. Yeah, I mean yes, <laughs> yes, it's totally American Psycho. Yeah, I mean yeah.
0: my, my it plug. Was, was, it is yeah.
6: American
3: psychosis to anyway. yeah. yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I mean it was shameless self promotion, but I think it was a little bit classier. Yeah, I think. It...
3: <laughs> I think basically what Brian is saying is he wants to be the clown that kills the xenomorph.
6: <laughs> oh, oh sweet, sweet irony. You
2: know since you said that now, that's like that's going to be my mission because my <laughs> other dream in life is to to like direct an alien movie. Oh. Uh, so I think this absolutely needs to happen. We need to, we need to do this at all costs. Or wait, Thank you very or,
5: much for uh, providing us with the terrible idea that we are going to use. Or,
2: or, or what? What if a
0: facehugger attacks a clown and you get this like Xeno clown? Oh <laughs> my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah,
6: yes. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got this
5: like. Uh, You've got the face hugger with a clown makeup on <laughs> <laughs> it. has got a rubber nose. It's got its own rubber nose. <laughs> it's, it's,
2: it's, it's, for its tongue, it's like a little balloon animal. It's true because if you,
0: if you, put, if you put a clown nose yeah. on a xenomorph and like a poofy wig, it's not nearly as threatening looking.
6: It's adorable. It's adorable. Yeah. That's a word. <laughs> wow. Oh,
3: my gosh. Okay, well, do we want to get into some listener feedback then?
1: do. it.
6: Listener feedback.
0: We've only got one, which is um, from Bob. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. (laughs) Bob Bob had suggested a little while ago we do a karaoke episode. Well,
3: we said we want to do a karaoke episode. He suggested some songs that we do. Yes, and he (laughs) wanted to know
0: if we had looked at them and were thinking if we could do them or not... Uh, I haven't had a chance to look at it myself.
3: I be- I think he was the one who sent, like, wanted us to do, like, Sweeney Todd or something like that. Yeah. Like, want to do some more Broadway stuff. Which, I mean, it's fine. It's just, we were kind of joking about the karaoke episode. And <laughs> Seriously. Like, I wasn't kidding. Bob's, I was, like, you... Bob's really serious about he it. Wants he wants us to do, like, a Team America song. Ooh, like, that, that email was almost angry. It was like, why haven't you done it yet? <laughs>
1: I, I, don't, I don't care what
4: Bob says. I'm doing the David Hasselhoff song from Kung Fury. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um,
4: what I would
1: mean, what would you guys do if you could do a karaoke of a of a film or th- any sort of
3: a film song? Film that's, songs. that's the point. Uh, a film. <laughs>
2: uh, Miami Connection.
1: Oh, you
5: yeah, would do the entire soundtrack for Miami Connection.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or or to keep it on theme with Nightmare on Elm Street, what about the song from the third one? Oh, what's,
2: what's, Dream Warriors.
6: Yes, yes. Dream
5: Warriors! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be that way about it. Um, I don't know if you ever saw a Jess Franco movie called Faceless. Uh, it, it was his uh, his like modern cop version of Eyes Without a Face. And, uh, I'm not a big fan of this movie, but at the end, because it was made in the 80s and he had to have the obligatory rock anthem for the yeah. end of, of every movie that, that had the title in it somehow. So all of a sudden the guy's like... Because he's faceless.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I love
5: it. I love it so much. Oh my much. god! Yeah, so I would do definitely the theme from Faceless. Um, <laughs> but honest, honestly, if I was going to pick something great, I would do anything from the soundtrack of Phantom of the Paradise. Oh, oh. Whoa. nice. That's, where well I would go. Uh, that's see, one of my favorite movies. See,
2: I picked you for as a Prince Bat-dance kind
5: of guy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know
6: me, man. You don't even know me.
2: I mean, Bat-dance is what? It's
0: basically the Batman themed just prissier, right? That, that, that's, all it, that's all it is. So... Oh, guys, okay, so awesome. And thank you for the feedback, Bob. Bob, I think, you know, we'll have to talk about it, I think. But, like, mm-hmm. I, I do really want to do it. I know Sean really wants to do it. Sure,
3: I'm down. I'm down. Yeah, I'm we'll always t- down to sing. Yes, <laughs> maybe we'll
0: maybe maybe we, maybe we can put it and do it in January, where it's a dump month for. Uh,
3: that's no, that's Mel Brooks who wears. That's oh, right, that's no Mel Brooks. You shut your no. horn mouth. That's not a dump month. February. <laughs> February?
0: <laughs> February. Sorry, Jesus Christ.
3: Sarah, maybe a Sarah holiday Sarah just, special.
0: Sarah just went from like peach colored to bright red.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, you guys, we need a holiday special. Why not? We there can do something. There you go. Yep. As, as long as you do
2: it better than Star Wars.
3: Yeah!
2: Oh! <laughs> Fuck life day.
3: That <laughs> was classic. That was a classic special. That was
6: pretty
2: good.
3: Pretty interesting. I learned a lot about Chewie's family, with that... Yes, yes, indeed. I ever
2: wanted to
1: know. Yes, indeed. Well, speaking of family... Yes. Yeah, speaking...
0: Uh, so, uh, guys, please, if you want to give us feedback... Do so by...
3: You can go to our website and you can click the Talk To Us button. Shoot us an email. Um, or you can go to Facebook. You can go to Instagram. You can go to Twitter. Um, just search for us. We're Nerdonomy. Google it. You'll find us. I promise you. Um, you can also give us a review on iTunes. That would be super duper rad. Um, or you can give us a review on Stitcher or whatever podcast method you use. Um, or just tell your friends about us. Retweet our shit. Spread the
0: word <laughs> nerd like a bird turd.
3: Yep. All that good stuff. And um, while you're on Our website, if you want to give us a little bit of a donation, it couldn't hurt, it could it only help.
0: Hurt. And um, I, I don't know if this will still be on by the time, but Fetty Ponce, his uh, he's still is looking for some help for uh, Oh, on his Kickstarter, Sebastian's yeah, Slumberland it just Odyssey, that's right, yeah, it started a couple weeks ago, yeah. So, uh,
3: Sebastian's Slumberland Odyssey,
0: yes, indeed. Check it out. So, uh, please, 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 it's got like a week left by the time this episode launches, yeah. give him a little bit, of, throw little, a little cash, and guys. Andrew and Jonathan, please. What's your Twitters? What's your Facebooks? Give us all the infos about how to reach you.
5: Your pal Skip, so it's Y E R P A L S K I P P. And is that is for Twitter? You said that's for Twitter. And, Got and, it. and I'm just John Skip on Facebook because that's who
1: I am.
2: Got <laughs> it. Cool. And Andrew, uh, you can find me just Andrew Cash on Twitter and Facebook. Awesome. Is that
1: Cash with a C or a K? Uh,
2: K K A S C H. Right. There you go.
5: Yeah. So together we're Johnny
3: Cash. <laughs> Dude, you
0: guys have like the best. You got Tango and Cash, Johnny Cash, and together you guys are Wild, Wild Stallions. Stallion. <laughs> so, um, there you go. So uh, nerds, it is that time. So until we meet again, stay nerdy and tune into our next exciting episode. Same nerd time, same nerd channel, nerdonomy.com
3: Bye. See ya.
0: Bye. <laughs> Happy Halloween. And roll credits. And now, famous movie quotes you should not say during sex.
5: It's after dark. Close the dairy. (laughs) (laughs)
6: Yeah, yeah. I like it.